We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other end of the speaker. And I got some good news and I got some bad news. Uh, I don't know which ones y'all want first. But I do know that the 49ers beat the Seahawks today. But unfortunately, you also know that in doing that, they lost Trey Lance for the season. Trey Lance has already been diagnosed with a broken ankle that's going to require surgery that will end Lance's 2022-2023 season. And damn, you know, I mean, we'll get into it, but I think that's that's just where you got to start. It's just a moment of silence for, for Trey Lance's season because it's, it's almost impossible to feel great about beating the Seahawks as much as I know that that is just the absolute pinnacle of being a 49ers fan every year is the opportunity to beat the Seahawks, but it's just so quickly overshadowed by the loss of the 49ers young and exciting quarterback. Um, Lance ran what looked like an option play. Um, it could have been a three-way option. It looked like it could have been, you know, could have handed it to the running back. He could have kept it himself and he could have thrown it, you know, kind of a run pass option. Lance chose to run it. It uh, looked like it was kind of down the A gap, maybe the B gap. It's hard to tell uh, once some of those blockers start moving. And he got hit by what looked like at first. What looked like at first was the linebacker, but then at, at the same time, the defensive lineman hit him. And it the, the brunt of the weight of the defensive lineman went on to Trey Lance's ankle. And you can tell the moment the the tacklers got off of him that his foot was not pointed in the right direction. Jake Brendel didn't realize this, tried to help him up, and Lance kind of limped and went right back down. And uh, and that was that. You know, and obviously the frustration immediately turned towards 
Kyle Shanahan, who at the time, including that run, had called three uh, three run plays for Trey Lance. And if you want to average that out over the game, that could have meant 12. You know, if you want to get into last game against the Bears, uh, I believe he had 12 or 13. Let me get over there right now real quick. You'd think I would have already pulled this up, but as you know by now, I'm never fully prepared. I'm usually just mostly prepared. Yeah, Trey Lance had 13 carries for 54 yards, and it, that was a much different game. That was, you know, a game in a downpour where many of those were scrambles, but some of them were designed. I don't know how many times Kyle Shanahan planned to run Trey Lance this game, but at that time, that was his third run, and that's all it took. And, and like I said, this frustration, you could see it on social media, immediately turned towards Shanahan. I put out a few tweets. I mean, I guess I could read them. I'm definitely not trying to stoke this fire into any bigger than it needs to be. I'm kind of at a point where I understand where I understand there's multiple sides where people are coming from. People feel a multitude of different ways about it, but let me go. Okay. I have fired off three tweets. First says I'm reading a lot of frustration towards Kyle Shanahan's play calling. Trey Lance had only carried the ball three times in the first quarter, including the play he got injured. Is that too much? Should Lance never carry the ball? Athleticism is a big part of his skill set. Now, keep in mind at this time, I get, you know, Twitter doesn't have enough characters. I'm really not necessarily feeling one way or the other. I really just wanted to get a gauge of, of how Twitter felt about it. And I got hundreds of replies and, it seemed like most of them were people that were grasping the fact that I wasn't necessarily like trying to insinuate any blame one way or the other. So I replied to myself. I said, I don't really have a passionate response to my own questions. Like many of you do. I always assumed the design runs were a big part of what Trey Lance was going to do in the 49ers offense. And the risk was assumed. Unfortunately, unfortunate, nonetheless, hope for the best. This was obviously before we heard the extent of Trey Lance's injury. And my last reply was my last thoughts. I envisioned the 49ers using Trey Lance like the Bills use Josh Allen with plenty of design runs both inside and outside. Allen had 224 carries over the last two seasons. That's not including the 10 carries I believe he had in week one. I wasn't as surprised or frustrated by Lance's usage, but it obviously backfired. Now, just to you know, preface my own tweet, uh, Josh Allen is a little bigger than Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is uh, around 6'4", 230. And I think Josh Allen is around 6'5", 240. So and they, there, could, there could be a bigger discrepancy than that. You never really actually know the weight of the players. Um, Josh Allen has been in the league for a few years. And we all know what an NFL strength and conditioning program can do for a player. So I'm not saying that Trey Lance is the exact same size as Josh Allen. Uh, but that's just how I envisioned the 49ers using Trey Lance in the offense. Uh, just inside runs, outside runs. Uh, I mean, sure, Trey Lance might not be as big as Lance might not be as big as Allen, but Lance is still 6'4, 230 ish. You know, that is a huge human being. So, either way, that's just kind of always how I had envisioned him. So, watching Trey Lance run the ball never really frustrated me or, or stood out to me in a way where I thought it was odd. I just thought that was the way the 49ers were going to use them. Um, you know, you there's a ton of running quarterbacks in this league. They all do it a little bit different. You know, you've got Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. You've got Arizona with Kyler Murray. You've got Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. 
Um, I'm sure I'm probably missing one or two that you could definitely, you could probably quantify as a rushing quarterback. But I mean, I, this is just what I always thought was going to happen. I mean, you look at the player the 49ers drafted, Trey Lance in college. Now, yes, this is not the pros. So there has to be some type of adjustment when you come into the atmosphere of an NFL where players are bigger, faster, stronger, and hit you harder. Um, I mean, Trey Lance in college had a hundred and well, okay, in in the one main season, he had a basically 170 runs for 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns. So I fully expected Trey Lance to run the ball many times a game with the 49ers. And was this always a possibility? Of course, of course it was. I mean, that's all. This is always the possibility with a lot of running quarterbacks. This is all a lot. This is a big possibility with any quarterback. Period. You know, but you're just increasing the chances of that happening when you're calling design runs, when you're running your quarterback down the interior of the defensive line. It's just, you know, I think in the end it's shitty luck more than anything else. You know, I just kind of bounce. I kind of just bounce back and forth as far as I don't necessarily blame Shanahan, but I can understand why fans do. It's 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 hard to maneuver through it. I wish I had a more eloquent way of saying it, but that's just this is just what I expected, and it just bit the 49ers in the ass way sooner than I think anyone expected. And maybe Kyle Shanahan had to realize the hard way that although Trey Lance ran a lot in college, and maybe you watched Josh Allen just obliterate your defense in person and thought, hey, I think I could probably get Trey Lance to play like that as you're scouting him, and that just doesn't seem to be the case. I would assume that Josh Allen was probably, if you go back and watch his earlier runs in the NFL, he probably already looked better as a runner, at least in terms of bracing for contact and being able to sustain those hints. He probably already looked better at it than Trey Lance has looked in what we've seen him. So as you can see, I'm, I'm not super passionate about either way. It's shitty luck. You know, that type of injury in the end, does it even matter how big of a person you are when it was your ankle that folded? It may or may not. Definitely not a doctor. It just, it is what it is. You know, it's it's unfortunate. I'm looking at all my notes here, just making sure I've hit them all. Obviously that, you know, this come, the, the, the biggest cost that I keep going back to is just what position this injury puts Trey Lance in. Because in 2018, Trey Lance played in... I'm not even going to say he played in two games in 2018. Trey Lance's only stats in those two games are two rushes and eight throws. So whatever he did in those games, it's pretty irrelevant. He played 16 games in 2019. He played one game in 2020. So let's start there. Trey Lance got a full season. And then he's played one game in 2020. Then you go jump over to the 49ers. He played what we know is two games last year, two and a half. Had some appearances in a couple others. So over two years, you're now at three full games. And then over five years, you're now at four full games. At four and a half. And if you want to count the half from last year, now you're at, what, five? So over the last three years, Trey Lance has played in five football games. And that is a sobering reality for the 49ers. 
It's a sobering reality for Trey Lance. Everybody involved. How is this guy going to pick himself up, dust himself off, and one, rehab his injury, but two, somehow find a way to develop as a player without playing football games? You know, it's just brutal to think about. The 49ers were already rolling the dice when it came to Trey Lance and his level of experience. They rolled the dice a little bit more in, in a smarter way. I felt, you know, sitting him for the 2021 season behind Jimmy Garoppolo. And now what was finally supposed to be his year, he gets, you know, he suffers a season ending injury on the second game of the season. And that to me is kind of the biggest, whatever, the way, however you want to say it, like that, that just sucks the win out of all joy right there. It's not that. Trey Lance got injured, and that's obviously horrible. It's just when you combine his entire situation, going all the way back to his last year in college, he just has so little experience. You know, his third year of his contract, I believe the 49ers would be required to pick up his fifth-year option at the end of. That will be what's essentially his first year as a starter. I mean, that is just, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in this entire Trey Lance situation. The opinions are going to be absolutely insane throughout the week. I'm going to do my best to kind of just not never talk about it, but just try not to be too extreme one way or the other. I read those three tweets to you. I didn't think any one of those was too like, hey, this is normal or hey, this is stupid. I just I'm somewhere as as noncommittal as that is. I'm just somewhere in the middle of it all looking at, you know, was this Kyle, could Kyle Shanahan have done this differently? You know, your running backs were running the ball like crazy at that time. Did you really need to use Trey Lance this way? But is that part of the Trey Lance package is not knowing every play, whether Trey Lance is going to run it, hand it off or throw it part of what Kyle Shanahan envisioned for him. And if, and if he feels like removing the threat of Trey Lance running, even if it's between the tackles severely damages the threat of the overall threat of Trey Lance, then it's hard to blame him for wanting to run Trey Lance. But then again, he's not just, you know, he's your franchise. He's your quarterback. He's what you traded all these draft picks for. So maybe you should treat him with just a little bit more caution than what he was treated with in college. Uh, than what you plan for than what you've seen out of other quarterbacks. Like, as you can see, I, I can, I can be all over the place with how you can look at this. It's just, uh, you know, and the one thing that I really kind of had to smirk a little bit at is I've already seen people saying, well, Kyle Shanahan was only running Trey Lance so much because he has no confidence in him as a thrower. I don't know about that. I just, sure, that could be the reason, but I don't know. What we had seen from Trey Lance throwing in moments looked pretty good up until, and despite everybody's need to be totally dramatic from training camp, Nothing I saw from training camp from Trey Lance looked any worse than I every, anything I ever saw in multiple years watching Jimmy Garoppolo practice. So I'm not really prepared to say that the only reason Kyle Shanahan was running Trey Lance is because he didn't have confidence in him throwing the football. I just think that that was the way that Kyle Shanahan envisioned using Trey Lance. And that could be wrong. That could be right. It could be somewhere in between. Adjustments must be made. So... 
in the end, it, it, it doesn't matter now. Trey Lance is on the road to recovery, and you hope that that happens swiftly, hopefully it happens smoothly. And hopefully he's able to, you know, I'm assuming he's going to be ready long before the start of next offseason and hopefully he can back to be, be back to full shape um, and is ready to take on the next offseason like he did this one because that's all the 49ers can hope for at this point. Uh, but you can make damn sure of one thing. Whether it's luck, or you know, or in the wise words of Professor McGonagall, sheer whether it's sheer dumb luck, the 49ers somehow managed to hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo. And if they wouldn't have done that, and I'm not saying they deserve all the credit for doing that, I do think they deserve a hefty amount of credit for finding a way to make that situation work for them. If they had wouldn't have hung on to Jimmy Garoppolo, this season would be over. They would be trotting out Brock Purdy against the Seahawks, and who knows how that would have gone. Now, I don't mean any disrespect to Brock Purdy. I mean, what if he ends up just being great and he leads the 49ers to a, a winning season? And I you know, I don't know, whatever. But in in the vast majority of circumstances, when you lose your starting quarterback, your season is done. And somehow the 49ers have stumbled forward into Jimmy Garoppolo being the backup and immediately getting to transition to Jimmy Garoppolo in this game and without skipping a beat. You know, if it was Nate Sudfeld or Brock Purdy, I'm pretty sure that things would have gone drastically different, whether that be in that game or throughout the season. We, I mean, we... We don't know how it's going to go because obviously Jimmy Garoppolo has shown his own propensity to uh, to get injured. But damn, now if, way quicker than anybody expected, the 49ers are reaping the benefits of deciding to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. And they're going to pay for it too because Jimmy Garoppolo's contract is very much incentive-driven. I believe he made $350,000 today because he played more than 25% of the snaps in the 49ers won. I believe those are the stipulations, but I'll have to dig into that some more. He stands to just make 10, uh, I think over $10 million in incentives. I think some of that is involving going to the playoffs, winning in the playoffs, winning in the NFC Championship game, getting to the Super Bowl, winning in the Super Bowl. A lot of the bonuses are tied to that as well. But he he st- Jimmy Garoppolo stands to make a lot of money from this from Trey Lance's injury, and I think the 49ers would be more than happy to pay it, given the circumstances. So damn, like I did not expect the Jimmy Garoppolo re-signing to pay off that quickly. You hoped it wouldn't, but here we are. So good for them. Moving past the quarterbacks, because we still have a ton of takeaways to get through from you guys. Um, I, when it comes to the takeaways, if, you know, if one is repetitive, I may kind of, I I wouldn't say I'll just gloss over it, but at some point, you know, we don't want to keep saying the same things over and over and over and over, but I still also want to honor the fact that you guys have done such an incredible job of participating in that so far. So we'll see when we get there. Let's get to the takeaways of the 49ers 27 to seven win over the Seahawks. And I dare I say it was, it was even more impressive than the score suggests. Uh, I, you know, as weird as that is to say, 20, 20, 27 to 7 is an ass whooping. But when you look at the Seahawks' possessions in that game, here, here they are in, in full glory and in, in, in complete chronological order. 
we've got a punt, a punt, an interception, an interception, the end of halftime, punt, 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 end of game. The only way the Seahawks got those seven points was from a blocked field goal from like the two yard line. (laughs) I mean, technically snapped from like the two yard line, Um, but we'll get into that later. Just an absolutely dominant effort by the 49ers who now move to 3-12 and against the Seahawks in the Kyle Shanahan era, which seems like a slight, but it is what it is. I mean, hey, they all, you know, they added 50% of their wins today against the Seahawks. So good for them. The 49ers defense, takeaway number one, one, did I just say run one? Whatever I'm trying to say here. Takeaway number one, the 49ers defense is absolutely ruthless. Ruthless. They did everything we thought they could and would do in this game. Nick Bosa had two sacks, and that's three on the season. We thought for a second that he was going to have to share a sack with rookie defensive end Drake Jackson. But what I saw on the screen is actually what they went with. I thought Nick Bosa was there first and was clearly going to get the sack no matter what Drake Jackson did. But Drake Jackson was there shortly after and helped bring Geno Smith down. Nick Bosa finished the game with four tackles, two sacks, and two tackles for loss. I mean, you just look at this stat sheet. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven tackles for loss, two interceptions, um, four pass breakups. Six, seven, eight, nine quarterbacks hits, five of them belonging to Nick Bosa. It was an unbelievable effort. The rushing defense was stout all game. The Seahawks rushed the ball 14 times and only managed 36 yards, 2.6 yards per carry. Geno Smith somehow managed to complete 24 of 30 passes. That's 80% for 197 yards but he had no touchdowns and an interception and an 80.1 rating. I believe it was Nick Wagner of ESPN. I believe he put out a stat that's usually given out by the 49ers media department after the game in regards to the fact that I'm kind of searching it up while I'm talking to you. Geno Smith is like the first quarterback in NFL history. Does he still have it up here? 58 minutes here, no. Okay. Geno Smith completed 80% of passes, but didn't score any offensive points against the 49ers. According to Elias Sports, that's the highest completion percentages percentage with a minimum of 30 attempts in a game where a quarterback's team didn't score a point since the stats were first tracked for individual players in 1932. So Geno Smith is the first quarterback ever in the history of stat tracking NFL to complete 80% of his passes and score no points. That reminds me of the, uh, the Billy Madison quote where he tells him that he scored no points and may God have mercy on his soul. I'm actually looking that up right now because it's one of the funniest quotes in all of movies. I, I think I've just found it. Here it is. Mr. Madison What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. 
Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. It's like Geno Smith did the, uh, the quarterback equivalent of that, I suppose. So, yeah, I mean, just a completely dominant, completely dominant performance by the 49ers defense in nearly every way, shape or form. They added, <coughs> excuse me, they added a pair of interceptions. One of them was tipped by none other than, uh, none other than Talanoa Hufunga, who uh, finished this game with six combined tackles a tackle for loss, and two pass breakups. One of those pass breakups was tipped into the air and picked off by safety. Um, what's his first name? Gibson. I just know his last name for some reason. It's a weird thing to just know. Um, picked off there. Decent return. Nothing crazy. And then another one was Lex, this sort of like a halfback pass. The, the Seahawks were trying to attempt in their own, in the red zone. It was just... Tayshawn Gibson was what I was going for there. Thank you. They tried to go for some halfback pass. Charverius Ward was having none of it. He picked it off. That was his first interception with the team. Uh, just an incredible play because considering the circumstances, the Seahawks were driving um, driving the field and about to score, and bam, turnover. Now, what? another thing that was weird that goes with that 80% passing thing I felt like the Seahawks wide receivers had very little impact in this game. Yet somehow Tyler Lockett had nine catches for 107 yards. DK Metcalf only managed four for 35 yards. And I do know that a lot of Tyler Lockett's yardage came in situations where the 49ers were playing very soft prevent defense, whether it was in the drive to end the half or towards the end of the game. It just it was a lot of empty yardage. I will say that. You you could tell that just from looking at it, but it really did feel like the 49ers corners kind of shut down whatever the Seahawks were trying to do. Now again, the numbers don't necessarily paint that story, but watching the game, it would you would definitely kind of feel that. My next takeaway was how many people got involved in this game. Uh, I mean, Jeff Wilson Jr. responded Excellent to being handed the reins after the Elijah Mitchell injury. He had 18 carries for 84 yards. That's, I mean, that's 4.7 yards per carry. Very good. Debo Samuel, four carries for 53 yards. He turned a, what should have been a tackle for loss into a 51 yard gain. Incredible play. Ty Davis price had 14 carries for 33 yards. Not as good of a performance from him. Ty Davis price was probably the 49ers main second half back. That was one of the things you could tell right away when Jimmy Garoppolo came in was the Seahawks really starting down the butt it started started to button down the hatches in terms of run defense. After being mostly gashed in the first half, they really tightened it up and they had eight in the box on many snaps, first, second down, third down, depending on the yardage. So the 49ers were really struggling to run the ball. And I think Ty Davis Price kind of caught the brunt of that. I don't I don't necessarily want to knock him for that 2.4 yards per carry yet until I kind of get the chance to get back, see the game, see how it was flowing. Um, I mean, yeah, Trey Lance's carries. Even Jimmy Garoppolo had four carries. That's odd. Jimmy Garoppolo had more carries for Trey Lance than Trey Lance. That's that's something. And then you look at the receiving. Brandon Ayuk, five catches. Debo Samuel, five catches. Ross Drelly had a 38-yard touchdown catch. Jeff Wilson was getting involved in the passing game. Ray Ray McLeod, Jawan Jennings, 
You know, they only had one catch. Danny Gray was targeted twice, but couldn't bring either of them in. It was just a, it seemed like a lot of players got involved in the game. And, you know, it seemed like a pretty even split between Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. And I fully expect George Kittle. I believe he's expected to be back next week against the Broncos. Not a guarantee. It just seems like the offense was doing a good job of getting everybody involved. Uh, I, I like to see that. The special teams was vastly improved. Now, yes, I fully understand that they gave up a touchdown on a blocked kick. But up until that point, everything just looked like it was going right for the 49ers on special teams. Tarverius Moore threw a Seahawks defender into Tyler Lockett, who then couldn't get to the punt, and the punt fell and hit the defender in the back. 49ers recovered that. I mean, there, there, there wasn't much return yardage on behalf of the Seahawks. Uh, Mitch Wichnowski, the 49ers punter, who the 49ers just recently extended to another four years, averaged a solid 44 yards of punt and put two of them inside the 20-yard line. Um, so it was, you know, it was a pretty solid special teams effort all around. I think everybody can immediately see that change. And that's an encouraging thing for the 49ers coaching staff. You know, you never you never really know how it's going to work when you make changes at a major position like special teams coordinator. And the difference has been pretty obvious, whether it's on kick coverage, kick returns, punts, punt returns. And all those things, it, it just seems like everything's been buttoned up tight so far. Now, we're only two games in, but I think I feel like that's a very noticeable difference. It's one that you don't have to look at the box score to see. You can just see that the 49ers special teams just has their their bolts tightened up just a little bit more. I don't know if you all have seen the movie We Built, uh, We Bought a Zoo. Excellent movie if you have not. Excellent movie. There's a part when he, the guy says something like, yeah, I just can't get a handle on it. And like with his hand, he's like imagining grabbing a handle and it's just, a, it's, you have to see it funny. Check it out. Very good movie. What else do I got on here? Levi's brought it. Levi's was loud. Fred Warner talked about it in the post game presser. Uh, the home field advantage was felt. I mean, how could it not be for a 49ers and Seahawks game, but it really did look like the place was packed despite the crappy weather on and off. And it was loud. And the 40, I think 49ers fans should be proud of that. I mean, I understand the 49ers have not won a ton of games at Levi Stadium. But when they have been good, they've won there. You know, and last season was a little weird when it came to their, their Levi Stadium performance. So hopefully they turn that around because Levi Stadium is just so fun to be at when you can feel that home field advantage. You can feel that energy moving through the building. Um, my buddy Mike, who was there, Text me and said you could just feel the energy fall out of the, the 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 place when Trey Lance got hurt, and so it's cool that those fans were able to recover that. Obviously, winning helps, but you know, and Jimmy Garoppolo coming in, somebody's everybody everybody's familiar with, somebody that can still play quarterback competently helps. But it was good to hear that everything was popping. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another very positive takeaway, the penalty issue. I believe the 49ers had 12 penalties last week for 99 yards. That has That was dropped down to one penalty for 26 yards which was a kind of a ticky-tack pass interference call on Emmanuel Mosley covering DK Metcalf. I mean, Mosley did have his hand on his shoulder, but they were both going up for the ball. It didn't necessarily look like Emmanuel Mosley pushed himself up on DK Metcalf's shoulder. Just looked like he had it there, and he went up and got after the ball. And it was an underthrown ball, so both of them were kind of going up after it. It seemed like a pretty ticky-tack call. So there was uh, you know, a real reality there where – the 49ers could have left that game with zero penalties, which is such a massive difference between what we saw against the Bears in week one. All right. I think it's about that time. Now, we are going to race through these pretty quick. But again, I am not going to... uh, I am not going to try to spend too much time on any one takeaway. You know, I don't want to repeat things over and over, but we're on them. I'm scrolling all the way down to the bottom. We are going to go all the way up, and we're going to see these damn takeaways. And again, this I uh, after the game, at some point, whether it's usually within the hour of the game being over, I will put out a uh, a tweet that just says, you know, give me your takeaways. And if you want to be a part of this part, just reply to it. Give me your takeaway from the game, and I will hit. I will hit on it. It could be a question. It could be a statement. It could be uh, whatever you want it to be. It could be a rant. I don't care, man. Get up and out. We're going to roll through these pretty quick, and then we'll sign off on our post-game reaction. Uh, Muesli28 says, I've always respected Kyle as a coach, but his play calling the past two games with regards to Trey was just plain stupid. He was asking for Trey to get hurt. Um I, again, I can see I can see why people think that. I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing. I don't necessarily think I'm entirely bought in on that line of thinking. But you know, he did run run the ball 13 times against the Bears. Again, it was in the rain. Some of that was not planned, and he'd already ran the ball three times in the first quarter against the Seahawks. If you were going to average that out, that would have been 12 times in the game. Now it could have been much less. the The game could have dictated using Lance way less, but you know, again, I think we're going to be hearing that a lot and I can understand why they feel that way. Alex bolt up charger season. Shanahan deserves to be fired. Excuse me. Deserves to be fired. Sure. He does. So about 20 other 28 other NFL teams could come calling. Um, I think even the chargers would take a look considering how Staley is seems to be kind of limiting Justin Herbert and what he's asked to do. Anyways, this guy's name is get a vasectomy. Uh, well, I mean, I haven't had kids yet, but then maybe I will. At least three, at least these inside runs didn't get our shiny quarterback hurt. Oh, dang. Guess it's the guy we went to the Super Bowl with. And then he posted a Jimmy Garoppolo gif. Solid, solid takeaway. 
Uh, Christopher, Christopher, the defense might be the best in the league, and we will win. Ga- and it will win games for us as long as we don't make penalties. Trey will have plenty of time to rehab and train before training camp. Jimmy is still Jimmy, not great, but he will just do just enough to get us the W. Um, uh, yeah, I I pretty much agree with everything you said there. The defense could be the best it's been since Kyle Shanahan got here. The defense could be the best we've ever seen it. Uh, in a long time. I'm not going to say ever, but I, they really do have that type of talent to be a truly great defense. And two and three, Trey's rehabbing, Jimmy's Jimmy. We'll see it. Um, NDE The Rock, Ellert Nick. The issue is not that Kyle ran with Trey. It's the type of run plays. Too frequent and in plays, Trey could not protect himself. Freak play, but Kyle increased the possibility with the play calls. Should have been more rollouts. I mean, that's true. Uh, of course, running the quarterback, especially down the inside, would increase your odds of getting hurt. Uh, that's just, like I said, that's kind of how I always pictured Kyle using Trey. But uh, if you're going to use him like that, you just can't act surprised when he gets hurt. I think that's kind of what it all comes down to. For everything else, Shanahan will take some blame for this. Is Blame for in this game about Lance. And I'm a huge Lance guy, but keeping Jimmy was a miracle for this season, it turns out. Uh, yeah, yeah, especially. And then, no, we'll, we'll, we, I'm not going to get into replies. That'll take too long. Not no, that's another reply. I feel like this team is ready to take off and better than last year's NFC Championship team. Defense is way better, and our running game is stronger. Uh, there's a very that could very well be the case. Uh, Ken said, "Fire Shanahan." I, if I had the power to, I wouldn't, um, and I don't think Jed York will either. Uh, Dreams a goal. 49ers is playoff bound. They very well could be. I mean, they've got still got Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's hope that that Jimmy Garoppolo stays on the field. Ryan, Ayuk looking damn good. Ayuk did look pretty good. Ayuk had a had a pretty solid game. I decided to start him in fantasy, which I don't regret. He had five catches on eight targets for 63 yards. Uh, he did have one deep pass that he probably should have caught. It wasn't an easy catch by any means. He kind of had to turn reverse direction and was catching the ball as he was falling. But it was definitely a, uh, about a 20-yard pass that an NFL receiver should have caught. But overall, a pretty solid game for Brandon Ayuk, who I think is going to be one of Jimmy Garoppolo's favorite targets moving forward. It sure seemed like it. Uh, Alice, Nine Girl 99. I believe she's also local to Fresno. And I think we are, I think she is associated with Rayburn, Clovis East in a way. If you're if you're also local, you know what I'm talking about. Um and we play Rayburn this weekend. So we'll see how that goes. Will I ever feel joy again, Rob? Alice says. I think you will. I think these things all have a tendency to work this way out. I mean, we've gone through season-ending injuries with Jimmy Garoppolo. Seems like we're already going through them with Trey Lance. And it is what it is. We'll, we'll see how it works out. Samson Newstrom. Jimmy with three throws on the money, outside the numbers, on the sideline, down the field. Please, God, let this keep happening. We could be dealing with a slightly more aggressive slash laid-back version of Jimmy Garoppolo now that he's on a relatively inexpensive one-year deal with a lot of incentives, and he's, and he's in a way, could be auditioning for other teams this year. I mean, he could get a mass – if he plays a great season, he could get a massive contract after this year. Tim Carey. Um, shout out to, uh, to Tim Carey and the original Pennywise fans would rather see us lose than see Jimmy G coming in and getting a win. I hope not. That would be a weird way of living your life. Uh, DJ Cabral defense played fast. They really did. They really did fight me IRL in real life. Uh, I just said pain. I won't fight you, bro, but I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I get it. I get it. I get it. I feel it too. 
Dave said, Mitch freaking Wisnowski. Yep, had a good game. Not a bad game to come up coming off of a uh, a four year contract extension. Derek for real, DK. Dude, I feel like Derek for real has been interacting with me and my Twitter for a long time. I may I'd have to I have to look that up, see if I can see how long he's been following me. But shout out to you, Derek. Juwan Jennings equals dog. Yeah, Juwan Jennings only had one catch, but he's really pivotal in the run game. He's a great blocker. And he seemed like at one point he was ready to take on all Seahawks DBs. Like he never allowed himself to get too far and start swinging, but he was definitely getting in their heads and was ready to, and was ready to take one for the team if it drew a flag. So yeah, I like what we've seen from Juwan Jennings. And it seemed like when the coaches pulled him off on the sideline, they were liking it too. The Kevin Wood, maybe they need to go to Aaron Rodgers route and let Trey sit next year. I have no effing idea what's going to happen anymore. I just want to win, man. Hey, I understand that. I, I don't know why they would let Trace it next year. You know, I'm not sure what that would that would help. But maybe I'm missing something. Milo, Debo is probably a top five running back in the league. Debo might be a top five player in the league. That man just does unbelievable football things. Uh, he's just, it's unreal what, what Debo does at times. He just, he is, he's for real for sure. Jeffrey K. Lyles, shout out to Jeff, man. Always, always frequenting the uh, the mentions. How will the shift to Jimmy affect guys like Ray McLeod and Danny Gray? Should the Niners just re up Jimmy now or wait until the offseason? Well, that's a fair question because, you know, the additions of Ray McLeod and Danny Gray, both speedsters, that certainly doesn't fit into Jimmy Garoppolo's skill set. I mean, I think Jimmy Garoppolo targeted each of them once, if I'm not mistaken. But who knows? I certainly don't see them being used as frequently or as dangerously with Jimmy Garoppolo. But again, maybe maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is going to surprise us. I don't think they're going to re-up Jimmy Garoppolo just yet. Um, it's uh, I get what you mean, but I think they're going to have to just let that one play itself out. We can finally run RPOs again. This season is looking up. That must be heavy sarcasm. Because you you just you just lost. Well, I mean, I guess you can. Jimmy Garoppolo can run RPOs. I mean, one hundred percent. He could either hand it off or throw it. Um, you could have ran him with Trey Lance too, except you'd have a three way RPO with a running back run, a quarterback run, and a throw. But we see where that got him. You know, uh, Lamillion is the if this injury sets back Trey's development further down the road, and Jimmy is still here. What is our state? I mean, that's a a great question. You know, the 49ers only signed Jimmy Garoppolo to this year. There's nothing else out there. You know, essentially Jimmy Garoppolo is set to hit free agency. This goes well with Jeffrey, Jeffrey Lyles. That question right down there is the 49ers are an interest, interesting spot. They, they still don't really know what they have with Trey in terms of how he plays in a live game. They're on Jimmy Garoppolo's Garoppolo's last year. They're going to be in a tough spot. They're going to be in a tough spot at the end of this season because you're going to have Trey Lance coming off an injury. He's probably healthy, you know, by by the time they really start thinking about this. But healthy-ish, not healthy enough to play, but up and moving. And yeah, I mean, I really don't have any well well refined thoughts on that. It's just it's going to be a hell of a just a think tank for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, the fun guy. Jimmy leads us back to the Super Bowl and we win and we have real dilemma on our hands. Pin it. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what we're just talking about. The 49ers could very well be in a tough spot, but I think that if if that were really to happen and Jimmy Garoppolo plays that well, uh, they would just be happy to have it. They'd be happy to pay Jimmy. And, and you know, I, I don't know how they feel about Trey Lance at that point. Man, 
Like I said, that's like five games in three years. DA, the one penalty this week compared to 12 last week, that made a big difference. Made a massive difference, DA. Massive difference. You hit the nail on the head. Tyler, and if you compare that especially to the Seahawks, uh, I didn't even mention it, but I was looking at it. They had 10 penalties for 106 yards. Womp, womp, womp. All right. Man, I love doing these takeaways. I hope you guys like listening to them. I hope they're not too boring. I just love reading your guys' thoughts and bouncing it, bouncing off of it. It's just, I like it. Hopefully you guys like it. Let me know if you don't, you know, or let me know if I can improve it or should I pick the 10 best? Uh, you know, I don't know. Tyler Rice, Shanahan is better off with Jimmy as a starter because his playbook is hot trash when trying to expand it out past outside zone and play action. <laughs> I mean, uh, that could be the case. I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, I don't know if I'll ever have the uh, mental aptitude to pick apart Shanahan's play calling. Maybe a situational play calling, but that's about it. What could we have spent the Lance picks on? O-line? I don't want to go down that route. I don't think they made a mistake by tricking picking Trey Lance at all. The real McCoy, I feel so much worse after this win than I did after last week's loss. Man, I think everybody listening feels that. I feel so much worse after this win than I did after last week's loss. That is that is cutting to the heart right there. That's real. Avenging the Revenge Tour extended if indefinitely. <laughs> Avenging the Revenge Tour extended indefinitely. This defense is strong as well as they complement it with a decent running game. The team should make the playoffs. I agree. Brandon Panicker. Who do you think the 49ers target for a backup QB? I think the 49ers are okay with it being Brock Purdy. I don't know if they actually feel that way behind closed doors. Kyle Shanahan said after the game that we would have been just fine rolling into the season with Brock Purdy had Jimmy Garoppolo been traded. So uh, I'm assuming that's what they're doing. Jam 92, after Jimmy ran that quarterback sneak for a touchdown, that celebration showed how much the locker room loves that guy. Fans should rally behind him and wish Trey speedy recovery. I 100% agree. Um, a buddy of mine texted me and said, hey, does, am I looking into it or do the team seem really happy to celebrate with Jimmy Garoppolo? And yes, they did. And I don't think that's a slight against Trey Lance. I just think that they all love Jimmy Garoppolo and they can see the way he's handled this whole situation with just a grace that's unbeknownst to man. And now he's getting his opportunity to play again and get paid to do it. You know, despite starting the season in his backup, he's now the starter and he can get paid starter money if he balls out. I mean, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty sweet. We can't win the sixth under Kyle. Uh, That's from Niner ball. I I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's tough to win a Super Bowl in this league period for any coach, but I do believe Kyle Shanahan can win a Super Bowl. It's just not easy to do. Look how close he's already gotten. Rob, uh, Vigdul, 80. Can't wait to see Jimmy Ward back in the secondary. I agree, man. Him next to Hafunga should be a lot of fun. Um, Should help the D-line get after the quarterbacks. Yes, absolutely. The two secondary and pass rush complement each other. They need to get some speed at the running back position to get outside the run game going. Time to give the rookie some carries. Hey, let's do it. 49ers, Argentina. I am worried about a lot of points missed from takeovers in two games. In the t- so the 49ers haven't I'm worried about a lot of points missed from takeovers in the two games. I think are you meaning to say that the 49ers haven't scored after taking the ball away? I mean they scored after the special teams takeaway. I don't know if they scored after the two interceptions. I would have to let me see if I can check the drive chart real quick. Hmm, possession. Here we go. 
Uh, interception. No, they didn't score on both interceptions. They turned the ball over on downs, and yeah, they went for some weird fourth down throw, and then they punted. So, I, I, if that is what you're saying, I could understand it because the biggest, quickest way to win a football game is to turn um, turnovers into points, and they didn't do that on the two interceptions, but they did turn the muff punt into a touchdown. So it's kind of re redeeming it. You, uh, I'm trying to get the uh, Dumb and Dumber quote. And you totally redeem yourself. I don't even know what that means. Hopefully I didn't just cuss on here in Spanish. Kyle should really take a long look in the mirror and see what the strategy for Trey Lance has brought the young guy and see if he remembers some RG3 kid from the not-so-distant past. Yeah, a lot of RG3's problems were his inability to take care of himself. Now, maybe Trey has those same problems. We just kind of haven't seen enough. But yeah, I get I get what you're saying. Kyle Shanahan just needs to be careful with his quarterbacks because, you know, this is like the fifth year out of six where he hasn't had a starting quarterback or where he's lost a quarterback. The 49ers were a Super Bowl caliber team. Caliber team. I still think they are. The 49ers are a Super Bowl. Okay, you, they were and they are. You finished my thought. This is from Sean. John Lynch built the team focused upon stout defense and the interior run game has always been a winning formula. What changes with Lance's injury? injury dy- dynamicism? Dynamism? Is that a real name? Word? Dynamism? That's a cool word. Energy, big QB play potential. Uh, yeah, I, I believe the offense becomes less potent, becomes less dangerous, but at the same time, maybe it becomes more sustainable and more consistent. We'll see. So, Graz, the injury doesn't seem to change my opinion on the season. It may even raise the floor. Great turnaround on the penalties. Hell yeah. That's a great, yeah. Good point. Good point. I think it's a great takeaway. Uh, Shizostrol. Kyle is telling you what he sees in practice from Trey Lance with his play calling. He isn't ready yet to throw the ball a lot like we want to see him do. The next four plays on the script were past plays, so no. Well, yeah, if you're going by what Jimmy Garoppolo did after he replaced Trey Lance, if they were still running on the script, uh, they were a bunch of pass plays, play, pass plays. But I don't know. Again, I, I'm just having a tough time believe the idea that, believing the idea that Kyle Shanahan was running Trey Lance so much because he doesn't trust him to throw. I'm not there yet. Brian Hamilton, Trey's injury sucks. Defense looked great. Yes, it does. Glad we have the best backup QB in the NFL. Real glad. Real 49ers fans can appreciate the situation without saying, I told you so, like all the mainstream media heads. Let's keep it rolling. P.S. Hufanga looks for real. Go Niners. Ah, That's a great post. Great takeaways, Brian. Uh, Hufanga does look for real. For the second game in a row, one of the things I said last week is he needs to to snack games. If he wants everybody to – Start looking at him like an elite safety, which is how he's played in these two games. He has to stack games, so he's got two under his belt. Daniel, I love how they cleaned up the penalties versus last week. Yes, sir. Keeping Jimmy G was the best possible scenario all along. I'm still in on the Lance for next year, but I'm sure JG will take them deep into the playoffs again. Third time's a charm, right? Shanny isn't to blame for Lance. Uh, I I agree with all of that. I, I think that there's still plenty of hope for these 49ers for sure. Jared Brown, friend of the pod. Love Jared. Jared's a good dude. I need to have Jared on the pod, and we need to talk ball. Uh, Jared's a smart guy. Uh, Takeaway, the 49ers have the best linebacker group in the league, the best run defense, and Hufong is playing like a top five strong safety in the league, regardless of who plays quarterback. That might be enough for them to win the Super Bowl. I agree, 100%. 100%. Jared's a smart man. See, I told you. Uh, Clay writes, this is a good – this is – Q, good QB change for a win now. Okay, this is a good quarterback change for a win now window. Outside of 
that this is possibly a massive deal that screws over the development of Trey Lance. Yep, we talked about that. I agree. And waste the first three years of his rookie contract. Going to do growing pains next year. 2024 is first realistic Super Bowl window with Lance Payne. I see what you mean. That that very well could be the case because, you're again, you're looking at next season as Trey's first full season as a starter, if that's how it goes. And then are you expecting him to take you to the Super Bowl at that point? That's really – that's a big ask. Alan Shee – um, uh, me, Alan's been around a long time. What's up, Alan? Project this out the next two years. It's plausible Trey grows and struggles year three. Very plausible, but doesn't show enough. So they don't pick up his fifth year option. Then after four years, front office decides he's not worth as much as he's seeking. Trey bets on himself and free agency. This injury makes this possible. Very possible. I mean, that's not even really a negative outlook. That's just a very plausible scenario. Mike McVeigh, friend of the pod. What's up, Mike? Happy we got the win. Sucks what happened to Trey. I feel bad for him. I'm very happy about the defense and how they cleaned up the penalties. Jimmy did well, but this week will be better for him. Just need to move forward. I'll be at Denver game. Go Niners. Hey, I hope you have fun with that, Mike. That's a hell of a game to go to. And yeah, and one thing we have to remember about Jimmy Garoppolo's performance today was he did all that without any first team reps. And he's been the backup since uh, the end of the offseason. And he didn't even really participate in the offseason because he was rehabbing slash kind of living in the closet under the stairs like Harry Potter. So now Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get into his first reps. And this, and that was also his first live football since what, the end of last season? I forgot to mention that earlier. Uh, that was Jimmy Garoppolo's first live reps since last season. So uh, things should pick up from there. Hopefully uh, we get we get you know an improved Jimmy Garoppolo from what we've seen in years past. It wouldn't hurt. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. That is the end of the takeaways. Like, God damn, that is a lot of takeaways. And and be honest with me. If y'all want to hit me up on Twitter and, and tell me that, hey, the takeaways are a little longer. Hey, the takeaways are a little boring. I think that was about 17 minutes of takeaways, 20 minutes of takeaways. Uh, but again, I just love being able to hear from you guys. I love being able to include it in the podcast. I like making your voices heard. I like you guys to know how everybody else is feeling. Um, I like it, but if if it's too much, just be honest with me. Let me know. You know, whatever. I, I'm hoping I'm hoping it's a good thing, but I'm always open to constructive criticism because I'm a humble man. At least I I hope I am. I hope my my father raised a humble man. But anyways, maybe I'm not because now I'm talking to myself. Shut up, dude. All right. Anyways, I I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Strike and Gold podcast. I'm sorry the 49ers lost Trey Lance for a season, but good luck to Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, you know he has a lot to gain from this. So uh, keep your chin up. We'll see how it goes. It's going to be interesting no matter what you, uh, you know, we all know that about the 49ers. If there's one thing they can do, they can keep it interesting. Um, if you're on whatever podcast app you're on, if you feel it worthy, please leave us a, a positive review. It, it helps. It really does. Make sure you're downloading, listening, subscribing, sending it to your friends, uh, whatever you can do to support the pod. We appreciate it. But just the fact that you're here listening uh, means a lot in and of itself. So, Uh, For another episode, I will be getting back to you guys a little later this week to preview the 49ers-Broncos game. Another huge game, and it's time to face Russell Wilson again. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. But for another episode, this is Striking Gold, and I'm Rob, and we are signing out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.